0: This is In Touch with InTouch. Join us as we create a path to a healthier planet by delivering sustainability solutions that reduce energy usage, drive profitability, and simplify facility management. Hello everyone, and welcome to In Touch with In Touch. I'm your host, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode of the show as we discuss the hidden value of energy management software. And so we're gonna dive into a lot of these details today with my two guests. First, we have Craig Norris, Director of National Accounts at In Touch. Craig, welcome to the show, thanks for joining me. Absolutely, thanks for having me. And not to be left out, we also have John Casey, Director of National Accounts at In Touch. John, welcome to the show, thanks for joining me.
1: Thanks, Tyler, glad to be here.
0: Well, Craig and John, thrilled to have both of you here on the show today. So, guys, let's just start off. Uh, just give us the basics of energy management software. What is it? Uh, yeah, just give us some of the details.
2: Well, sure. Um, I think you know if we probably the the best way to look at energy management, uh, or or the most basic way of looking at energy management, is uh, you know a collection of computer aided tools that are used by by people to monitor and control the efficiency of equipment, typically HVAC, right? That's that's probably the most down and dirty version. Would John, do, would you agree?
1: Absolutely. When they look at kind of where we spend our energy as a country, about 40% is in buildings and 40% of that is uh, HVAC uh, energy use. So energy management is really getting the eyes and ears on those systems to reduce energy waste as well as create other operational benefits.
0: Yeah, let's talk about some of those other operational benefits, because uh, I do know that there are ways that EMS can increase operating efficiencies. Uh, can you speak to some of those and share what some of those efficiencies are?
1: Of, of course, so we, we, we look to leverage the automation, big data machine learning that now our technologies offer us. And as we're managing the energy, we're collecting all this data from, the, uh, from each building. What we can do, we can use that data to perform remote diagnostics. That uh, really what it means for our customers is to know when they need to dispatch technical support and when they don't. How that shows up with our customers is reduced number of unnecessary service technical visits. So truck rolls. Uh, We typically assume with our customers that we can reduce one truck roll per year per site just by eliminating unnecessary truck rolls. And, and it just so happens, we had a customer do their own audit. Uh, and they were found that they almost had on average two and a half re- truck roll reduction. So if you imagine a truck roll can cost a company anywhere between 300 and $500 per visit, reducing one, two or two and a half on average per year, at scale, You're talking quite a great uh, operational benefit there. And there are a couple of others. One other one is the fact that we can intelligently dispatch. So a lot of customers will have, we'll get collect all this data from the HVAC. We can identify exactly which which unit or piece of equipment needs service. We can focus that service technicians time and effort on that equipment that needs to be uh, a service to get them in and out faster. So that equates to some monetary savings. Proactive res- resolution. What that means is most of these platforms have the ability to provide uh, information back from the, pl- from the uh, building in order to identify problems before staff ever even notices it. So if you can prevent a, a staff member from having to issue a hot or cold call, because the energy management system has identified that in advance and already submitted a ticket and are addressing it. That is a great staff efficiency improvement as well.
0: Craig, is there anything you want to add to, uh, to John's comments?
2: If anything that I would add to that would just be to remind people that that's one of the reasons why we decided to do this podcast, this, this video podcast, was to point out that typically if we were to go out and ask a series of people, what is EMS? or even just said, what is energy management? What what does that do? They would hit on the definition that I gave, right? Mm-hmm. Something along those lines. And that's where they typically stop. The things that John just lined out for you are the hidden value. Those are the things that most EMS systems, they don't do. They, they probably could, but they don't. And they miss out on providing their clients with significant savings, um, basically what John said, you know, he talked about it being significant and that significance for a, you know, 100, 200 site location or a company or even higher is typically in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions just on the operational efficiencies, right? So it just depends, again, size of the company. If you've got 3000 locations, it goes up uh, exponentially. But uh, that's, that's why we're talking about this is because it's not, it is a value add, but I think typically when you say value add, people kind of think it's just a nice to have and it's, it's really a necessity. What we, what we do really makes the difference. It makes your return on the investment that you spend with us pay for itself inside of two years, on average, about 1.4, 1.5 years. So all of these things matter.
0: Well, and I think something that, that both of you are speaking to in, in different ways is just the way that EMS provides an impact on how you can manage multi-site facilities. Can you guys speak to that a little bit more specifically? Just as we talk about multi-site facilities, how EMS can really provide, uh, you know, an impact on on how that works and the ease of maybe managing those facilities. Can, can you guys speak to that a little bit more?
2: Yeah, I, I think that if you were to look at a single site, you'd think, okay, well, at the controller or thermostat level, I can probably change uh, the the set points when I want to, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody can do that, great. But when you're dealing with multi-site and at the level at which we typically deal, which is you know minimum 80 to 100 sites, I would say, all the way up to thousands upon thousands of sites, think about this. Something happens like um, COVID-19 <laughs> comes into play. And suddenly you have 50 different states with 50 different... Protocols for who can be in the office, whether or not they can be at the office, and it was changing on a weekly basis. If you've got 500 locations, 200 locations, you know, anything, then the amount of time you would spend if you're trying to be efficient with your locations is just astronomical. Or you could take a facility manager and his crew, and suddenly this is all they're doing, it's just trying to reset set points. And uh, you know, possibly change alerts. So, because if you're going to go mm-hmm. vacant on 50 stores, do you want to go in and change each thermostat? That would take forever. Mm-hmm. And chances are, it's not going to be done in a timely manner. So, uh, the ability to cascade and make global changes right across the entire portfolio, or even at a state, regional, city level, is just unbelievably helpful. And it's not just set points. It can be alerts you may depending on what you're doing you may change when you want an alert if it's a vacant site you, you probably have got a little more room before, before you feel there's an issue right and you can change those things and send it out to multiple sites and then just the the efficiency how much time uh, a facilities group saves uh, really does add up.
1: You know, what I want to add something to that, because you, you really look at your 100 or 1000 or 2000 sites, and you may be a team of only one or two people, facilities teams, typically are very, very resource constrained. Mm-hmm. So I have a customer that um, it's two people who manage the uh, 1500 locations spread out across the country and about 4200 uh, HVC units that they're accountable for there's no way they could manage that unless they had a single pane of glass that they could bubble up only the alerts or information that was most urgently needed to be addressed Um, and those are things like what are my poorest performing uh, air conditioning units so if i had to pick out 10 that i need to focus on today which 10 would that be or which buildings are having some sort of a power anomaly? That I, there's something going on that could be having impact on on the on uh, patient or customer comfort. You need a place to filter all that information that's coming at you and bring it into what are the actual items that I need to focus on right now? And that's really where the the, the scaling for facilities professional uh, that an energy management system provides them.
0: Well, and, you know, to Craig's point, just about the way that COVID-19 affected occupancy rates and, and things like that and needing to change those on a, on a regular basis, you know, that that raises an interesting question for me just because You know i i think that uh that while we might be hopefully on the back end of the COVID 19 pandemic i think we all realize that something like this might happen again at some point in the future and so we look at what can we learn from this particular situation that we can apply moving forward so do you think that a lot of you know facilities managers and people have noticed um, maybe some of the challenges that they face during this time just as far as flexible occupancy rates and you know things changing on a daily basis uh, in terms of who can be in a facility, how many people, and that sort of thing. And do you think that maybe just with maybe what people have learned throughout this time, that they're going to start looking at EMS as maybe a, a really helpful tool in the future to help them prepare for whatever the future may hold?
1: I think the COVID-19 uh, exposed our customers in every industry and business in, in the fact that there are some unplanned events or conditions that we always have to be prepared for. And that, mm. and an EMS platform like InTouch is really provides them the flexibility and resiliency that they need, uh, a whole tool set so that they can address issues that are unplanned. What, on COVID-19, really what we saw is a number of retail and restaurant customers which were hit the hardest. One of the first actions they took as they hunkered down is they reduced the facility staff. They had to, they had to reduce headcount, reduce operating expenses, because they were, they were all really positioning themselves to how we can sustain our business through uh, this epidemic. After they reduced the resources, uh, the, the, those resources, then they realized, okay, we need to change our operating model. So for restaurants, some of them said, I need to close 25, 30% of my sites. So I'm taking them from a standard operating model where they're occupied for half a day and unoccupied for half a day. They really said, came to determination that I want to make those completely vacant. So I want to operate them as vacant buildings. How do I do that? And how do I do that without the support staff I had before the pandemic? So that's one way where their EMS provider could really step in and help them accomplish that, be a force multiplier for a team that they no longer have. The second item we had is a number of our customers changed their operating model um, operationally. So for instance, again, going back to restaurants, because that was particularly hard hit mm-hmm. in the pandemic, is they went from dine in to takeout. Well, if you go from dine-in to takeout, you do not need to heat and cool a large portion of your building. That's kind of wasted space. You really want to focus your energy spend, prep and preparation your kitchen area. So being able to deploy that across, let's say you're a, a quick serve restaurant and you shift that need, close your dining room. You can completely put that in a vacant mode, focus your energy spend on where you're making your money and be able to do that remotely and globally without ever having to step foot into a, into a, a location.
0: Well, you know what? That that's a really great point, and I think that maybe the biggest lessons that we've learned is is the importance of flexibility and adaptability. And in that way, this that's really what this provides these particular facilities, right? It's just that ability to be flexible at a moment's notice, um, and, and to do so across, like you mentioned, thousands of thousands of locations.
2: Uh, something else I would I would add to that is the uh, when you speak of flexibility is you need need a vendor that understands the data that that they're cataloging, right? That understands how to utilize that data, how to tell you what it means, help you understand. And that's something that InTouch does very well. Part of that is also being able to integrate with other systems and share data back and forth yet again to help the facilities group to be that force multiplier that John spoke about. Connecting with a CMMS system, a work order management system, we really think is, when I say a necessity, some groups don't have it, but we always encourage them long-term look into getting, if you don't already have, getting a substantial CMMS system um, and we integrate with it and we're able to share data back and forth, we're able to check things on the front side to make sure that work orders aren't created unless they really need to be from an HVAC and energy standpoint. So you can, goes back to limiting truck rolls and things like that. So that's another key piece that uh, if if you're looking for a well-rounded robust EMS system, they should be able to do that.
1: And, And I think Craig mentioned, it really is finding a partner Mm. Uh, to help bridge the gap from where we are today to where the future and we don't know what this IoT smart building future is going to look like but our customers want the flexibility in order to leverage investments they make today in order to to uh, take them through to that next step and partners who are forward-thinking who are nimble who are business people who try to understand just because you you there is data at the edge in the building doesn't mean it's valuable. So we always ask our questions saying, Can you do that? They ask us, can you get this data? And Steve, we said, absolutely. What value can it create? What are you going to do with that data? Because Mm -hmm. we there's got to be a return on investment, just because you can do it doesn't mean you should do it. And Bridging this gap and and future-proofing this investment, as Craig said, is making sure the technology is designed to work well with others in a broad ecosystem that is constantly changing, as well as being able to incorporate new equipment. We are experts in the operation of HVAC, but HVAC is maybe the most ubiquitous piece of equipment across multi-site operations. But now we're starting to see other kinds of equipment, especially in restaurant and convenience stores, they expect more smart equipment, appliances, other things that they have said, well, if we go with you right now, and you're doing lighting and HVAC and monitoring our energy usage, if we plug in a, a, a smart refrigerator or, or a smart coffee maker, are you going to be able to pull that data? And our answer is absolutely. We have a a technology path that's going to take us to a place where we can grab any data at the edge, as long as it communicates in a standard protocol. And it has some uh, capability of of, uh, uh, data transmission, digital data transmission. There are so many ways to solve that problem, but you need partners who are going to think through the business problem and then justify what the the value of that data to make sure that once we do get it, it is either lowering costs, improving customer experience, or uh, generating additional revenue.
2: That is absolutely perfect, John. That's that's what you're you're looking for. You need a real partner, a consultative partner, one that's not afraid to to ask questions about where, what you're trying to achieve, as you said, could be this sort of, you know, on the edge sort of data. You need someone that just says, where are you trying to get to? And and can make suggestions that might, might be better, might be just an alternative for you to consider. We had that with a particular group that was, they were looking at a particular uh, type of, uh, was a, you know in a restaurant and they were looking or waiting for a vibration sensor to see if this particular piece of machinery was being utilized. They were looking for that for vibration. And so I guess they, they'd had some issues and they were looking, you know, how can we best do this? And we said, well, how, how is this particular machine used? Does it have to be turned on, I mean, is that the is, is that the key big thing you're trying to figure out how to see if this thing is being jostled to see if it's moving? Is it as simple as they they have to turn it on at first, and they said yes, and well, we have a we have a sensor we can monitor we can monitor the power to this unit and let you know, and then you don't have to go through all of that. And so mm-hmm. it was a place where we actually made a suggestion to actually utilize a little less technology use some existing technology we already had to achieve the exact same thing you you need a partner that's trying to give you the
0: best solution that's a really excellent point. And I, I love that uh, that term you've, you've used a couple of different times, that consultative approach, I think is uh, is incredibly important and beneficial for, for, for clients, for customers and, and that sort of thing. So um, so John and Craig, you guys have provided just so much fantastic information and a lot for people to chew on here today. Um, do you have any final thoughts, any summaries or anything we haven't talked about yet that you want to make sure to mention here before we uh, wrap up our conversation today? Let me turn the floor back over to you guys uh, for any final thoughts you have here on our topic.
1: I've got some. I mean, one of the things we haven't talked about for large multi sites is is the complexity of deployment. And so you have the solution. And you know, the value can achieve on day one, how do you get deployed to 1000s of sites uh, in the short amount of time, because if it doesn't get in, it doesn't start generating the value. So one thing uh, I think uh, for EMS platform providers, and, and when I talk to our, our customers and prospects, I always ask them, do a little due diligence on what the track record is of your provider of deploying at scale and at a certain quality and time frame. So that's one value a lever that often is overlooked, because we're so interested in the technology and the energy savings, we forget the fact that it actually requires people and wrenches and hard hats and ladders to get it done. And do you have the right processes in place to do it at a very high velocity and high quality. And that's, that's critical when when evaluating a provider. And then lastly, I would say is, is you want to someone who's going to constantly look at what is the business value that this is creating, trying to quantify, working in consultation and and to quantify business value to help the the economics drive uh, the technology decisions, not the other way around. So that's, that's kind of what, uh, and, and I guess the, the last thing is, is, is just that the operational efficiencies that can either improve or optimize maintenance is critical. And then the, we didn't speak about the operational efficiencies around standardizing process and procedures across a multi site operator. Everybody is looking to, to make sure they ensure a consistent brand experience. Uh, in their marketplace, uh, as well as customer experience for every individual who walks into their facility, um, without eyes and ears and the ability to to monitor and control that, there's really no way to enforce those standards at scale. The energy management platform can be part of the solution to, in order to do that. So that's
2: that was kind of my final thoughts there. Yeah, and of course I echo all of all of those things that John uh, says. I would. Uh... Point out a couple of things. You know, it's important to, to note that not all EMS providers are, are the same. I think John pointed, you know, pointed that out a little bit as well. And I just, it, it really needs to be said: do do your research, look for those things that John just talked about, being able to deploy quickly, but more importantly, first time, right? We have about a 97% first-time install. You know, rate. And the other 3% is typically because of something within that facility that's beyond our control, right? And then even then, we work with them until together we get it right. That doesn't happen with virtually any of uh, our competitors. And so it's something to really look into and ask that question, push your vendors to answer and show examples of how they how they uh, can and install, and how how they what their process is, who they're using, that sort of thing. Only other thing would be again, depending on what where you are, what industry you're in, you you want to get a partner that is uh, familiar, that can help you not only with the energy piece, but also the operational uh, efficiency. Understanding how you know how these things vary, because let's face it, if you're at a restaurant or retail, even though it's similar. Convenience stores are different, and there are different ways that InTouch can help convenience stores than how we would approach, um, you know, a, a retail clothing store. But we we are capable and experienced in doing all of that. So it's the kind of thing you want to definitely make sure you're working with a group that's familiar with the industry in which you work. And I think that's that's it for me.
0: Well, fantastic stuff. Craig Norris and John Casey. Craig and John, where can people find more information or reach out if they have questions and want to learn more about InTouch? What's the best way for them to do that?
2: The best way is going to be to go to our website. If you want to do a little passive uh, information, you go to uh, uh, intouchcontrols.com and you can just look to your heart's content. Uh, Otherwise, you can always reach out to us uh, either via email, phone number, you know, wh- whichever. I'm not sure if we have any of that here at the uh, at the end of this, but you can always reach out to us directly. Anyone inside of Intouch will get you to either John or myself, and uh, we'll we'll work with you from there.
0: Fantastic stuff, Craig Norris and John Casey. They're both directors of national accounts at Intouch. Craig and John, thank you so much for joining me here on uh, on Intouch with Intouch.
2: Thank you for What's having it, me,
0: And everyone, thank you for tuning in to this episode of In Touch with In Touch. We appreciate it very much. Of course, uh, if this is the first time that you've uh, checked out one of their episodes, we have a previous episode of the show as well for you to go back and listen to. And while you're there, make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the latest from the podcast and from the experts at In Touch. You can do that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or again, by going to intouchcontrols.com to learn more and to stay up to date with everything from the experts there and stay tuned. We'll be back soon with new episodes of the program. But for my guests today, Craig and John, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us.